You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So last week, Randall, we really had a terrific show with Kevin Randall because he's a reality check kind of guy. He rechecks everything, he chases footnotes, he updated us on, of course, the things that work and didn't work in terms of Roswell evidence, gave us a reality check on hypnotic regression. He's always a fascinating guy, and we're always happy to have him on, I think once or twice a year. I think he was really happy to be on, too. You know, like, he seemed very enthusiastic, and he's still very busy in the field. So uh, what can you say? I mean, he's the guy's an icon in the field. I, I think, you know, despite his relationship with Stanton Friedman, that he really is uh, the guy to step into those footsteps now. I think he's kind of the, uh, the foremost authority on the subject. I remember someone giving the title, I think it was a comedian, the world's foremost authority. So that it reminds me of that. And he would go on the Tonight Show and everything else. And, of course, it was something that was actually intended as a joke. But in terms of UFOs, I'd say Kevin is it. He's the guy. He's the guy who knows everything. Well, a lot of things, anyway. Just also coming up is the fifth anniversary, by the way, of the Paracast Plus. So I want to mention that very briefly. We started this in October of 2014. And time flies when you're having fun with... The Paracast Plus, we offer the enhanced version of this show free of the network ads, the After the Paracast podcast, exclusive to Paracast Plus members, and it offers color commentary, special interviews, and we always say, you never know what's going to happen next because we don't either. We've been featuring weekly updates from William Puckett, a UFO investigator with the latest sightings. For more details, go to plus.theparacast.com. That's plus.theparacast.com. Now, today, we're going to talk about a book that covers somebody who was an old friend of mine. Let me tell you the story. And then we'll get Brent Rains in to amplify what he knows about this. So, back in 1965, I was alive then. I was going to school and also working with... Jim Mosley of Saucer News at his office at 303 Fifth Avenue. Like I said, this was years ago. I remember we worked in this tiny office and there was a diner right across the street where we'd have dinner every day. And he'd always order the same thing. He was a creature of habit, I guess. And one day this guy comes in there and he says he's doing an article. I recall it being Playboy and there's no one around to correct me because Jim Mosley's not here and the guy who came into the office that day is no longer here and that was John A. Keel. Now, I didn't think much of it then but within a few years, John Keel was this guy giving us some of the most unique thoughts about UFOs and related phenomena. Brent Rains, obviously that's the introduction here. Why did you choose to write a book about him. Well, Gene, um, John Keel was the reason I got as intensely involved in all of this UFO phenomenon. I mean, I got interested back when I was 14 in 1967. And at first I was 
very simple focus. It was either nothing to it or else they were extraterrestrial. And Keel soon was offering some unique perspectives, alternative theories. <clears throat> and uh, I began to write to him in October of 1969. And I started out as a teenager having a little mimeograph newsletter called Sauceritis, and he had his newsletter called Anomaly, and we would exchange magazines or newsletters. And he also would uh, give me thoughts and, and write letters. He even wrote me a, one time in 1971 a three-page letter, single-space typewritten, which really <clears throat> surprised me. And of course, I ate it up. I mean, I was just at that time a real fanboy of, of Keel, and he had such an influence on me that a couple of years ago, I thought, well, you know, I've really followed in a lot of the areas that he suggested and recommended, and uh, I thought it would be good to do a book and follow up with as many people as I could who had known him and, um, you know, it reintroduced because it was a time where people were starting to actually forget who John Keel was. After the Mothman prophecies come out, um, he was interviewed by Art Bell, and Art Bell claimed that he. You know where had Keel been? He didn't know, didn't know about him until the movie came out. Anyway, I thought this would be uh, an interesting thing, and I began to uh, write to Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who knew Keel, and recommended uh, different people I should also interview for the book. And she helped me uh, tremendously with with getting it all straightened out. Uh, you know, correcting my errors and uh, making suggestions, and it was very very helpful and she recommended i interview people like michael grosso who is a, a phd in philosophy and classical greek uh literature who you know got his degree from columbia university and he had known keel uh had talked actually at keel's 14 society meetings back in may of 1988 in new york city he felt that Keel was very much on the right track. He'd had UFO experiences himself, precognitive dreams, and uh, some sort of a haunting type experience. And he was, uh, as well as other people, uh, of course, Rosemary Galley knew Keel quite well. Uh, she had similar uh, ideas about the phenomena when she met Keel herself, and they would meet in New York City, have lunch, and she was a member of his 14 Society. And, and then there was. Uh, Dan Drazen, who was a film producer, he actually went with Keel to Point Pleasant uh, back in 1967, Point Pleasant, West Virginia, where the Mothman, all these UFO and MIB type events were occurring, what Keel felt was a window area. And I located uh, Dan Drazen a couple of years ago and uh, did an interview with him, which is in the book. Um, he has uh, continued to explore the paranormal. He's come out with a documentary, which is out on YouTube, called Calling Earth, which deals with uh, the EVP phenomena, electronic voice phenomena, and, and also instrument com instrumental communications where maybe TV sets come up with images of ghosts, uh, spirits, or maybe aliens, which is certainly something that Keel used to write about. And also, I did an interview with a Swedish researcher, uh, Hakim Blankovic, who was, uh, is still active. And uh, when Kiel visited Sweden in 1976, uh, he met with Hakim and uh, a number of his friends at uh, Hakim Blankovic's uh, apartment. And he introduced me to Aki Frazen, Frazen who uh, has since passed away, but he wrote me some letters, and, and they did an interview, uh, Hack and Blankovic and another researcher, 
two years before the uh, Mothman Prophecies was published in 75. And what he did was he came over to the United States, came to, uh, got a letter of introduction from Keel to go to Point Pleasant. And he interviewed about 30 witnesses himself to the Mothman phenomena, uh, spent several weeks in 1969 and 1970, and also got to know uh, Mary Heyer, the uh, you know Athens messenger uh, stringer, and who had a an office right there in Point Pleasant, and figured prominently in in Keel's uh, Mothman prophecies accounts, and um, so it was really um, it was really wonderful to go ahead and present this background, some unique things that has never actually come out before and and about the people's perspectives and also because i was so influenced by keel to present uh cases i investigated that tend to line up with uh the things that keel was also pointing out we're going to break now the book is called john a keel the man the myths and the ongoing mysteries the author brent rains is here and when we begin our second segment i'll mention a few times over the years that I encountered John Keel after that initial meeting at the Saucer News headquarters. More to come with Gene and Randall. You're in The Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there long. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305. 0305 with promo code GCN. 
Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Extendivite really works. Just listen to what Dr. Joe has to say. As you know, I'm one of the doctors um, that uh, Don talks about because four years ago, I was diagnosed with high high blood pressure. Runs in my family on my mother's side. You know, I come from an athletic background. You know, I did a lot of running throughout my life and I did triathlons. When I was trying to run some years back, I was getting short of breath, which is a little bit of a congestive heart failure. The Extendivite, that shortness of breath and that coughing started going away. I was able to run longer and longer distances. And uh, I took a while, though. So now I'm able to do, you know, three and a half miles with my dog. And no problem. I don't stop. Not anymore. So I'm just saying you need to stick with the program. And, and you've got to change some lifestyle things, too. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extend Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So let's just go to the late 60s and early 70s when I had a magazine called Caveat M Tour, kind of a offbeat paranormal and counterculture magazine and of course keel had this wacky sense of humor and he would write mm-hmm. me these wacky wild letters that we publish in the magazine then around 1975 or so i was in new york city looking for some new opportunities and planning to move to new york or new jersey and i rung up keel and we spent the afternoon at his apartment at that point i Ran into him a number of times in the late 80s and early 90s, the New York Fortean Society, where he and Tim Beckley hung out. We had Whitley Strieber as a guest one time. And I'll give you the story about Whitley just very quickly, and we'll go on to John Keel. And that is, during that speech, Whitley, this is like the late 80s, says that amongst the things that happened to him, there was a particularly intense tax audit. Within a few weeks, I got a letter from the IRS auditing my tax returns. They were simple. We resolved it. There was nothing there special. It's just that weird synchronicity, not the kind I wanted. Any case, (laughs) we started, David Biedney and I, the Paracast in 2006, and I suggested, hey, let's bring up John Keel. We figure he's getting on years. Let's get him on the show. So I didn't have his phone number 
Tim Beckley gave us his phone number. And David, living in New York, called Kiel, who promptly hung up on him and said, how dare you have this number? And he flipped out, and I think he called Beckley and shooed him out. He was rather irascible over the years, but much more so in the final years of his life. Alas, we never had the chance. In any case here, obviously, John Keel influenced you, Brent Rains, heavily. But where did you start with a book about this? Okay. You know, for a moment, I thought we were <laughs> in the bubble, so to speak. Okay. Uh, just talking. All right. Then the idea, I've been working on, you know, interviewing people, doing my own little survey of experiences and noting the prominence uh, of people who had, you know, describing contact experience and also throughout their life having a lot of paranormal events, just as Keel had described. And as Rosemary Guiley said uh, in her forward, it seemed like a lot of these people were sort of, Keel noted, were wired differently, more prone to encounter experiences with these beings or objects. And she always felt that he was one of those people too, and uh, had sort of an antenna tuned to the frequencies of parallel worlds or whatever, alternate realities. So I got to thinking that this would be a, uh, a a good book since, you know, Keel had influenced me tell tell about him about his life, and about the influences that he created in in the UFO field worldwide, uh, introducing his ideas that weren't real popular at that time with the mainstream ufology. But uh, years later, I think today his uh, ideas, concepts, his uh, information would have been uh, better received. But they were certainly at that time, you know, you had NICAP that didn't want to hear anything about beings in the craft coming out of it or or uh, missing time. And so it's a, a different atmosphere now. You got people talking about quantum physics and about uh, the paranormal, about consciousness. So I thought about writing a book about my own research and I thought, well, why not just incorporate all of this together, make it a book, John Keel, The Man, The Miss, and certainly The Ongoing Mysteries. And so I took that opportunity to try to reach out to people who, including Tim Beckley, who uh, knew Keel, and uh, get a little more insight as to, you know, what his thoughts were from his, his writings and talks that he gave and to people he interacted with. and and. Uh, how it influenced them as well. So certainly I've been at this for almost 53 years now. I know you've been at this longer than I have, Gene. You see, we are both entitled to gold watches. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that would be nice. I could use a watch right now. But uh, anyway, I thought this would make a... uh, a good book, and it seems like it is generating a lot of uh, a lot of interest uh, among a lot of researchers. Who uh, a lot of people seem to want to know more about Keel. They uh, there's a new generation that's come along that uh, hasn't really heard that much about him. Well, I think you make a really good point here, Brent. Like this book came out in July of 2019, but for our listeners. Who, who didn't know, and you've just mentioned it, you've been active in ufology since about 1967. So, I mean, you're talking uh, over 50 years. Uh, involvement in other books, newsletters, interviews, the ufology community in general. From everything that I've seen, 
uh, when I was doing my pre-show research, you come across to me as one of the more level-headed and understated members of the community. So, uh, you know, I'm really hoping that people will pick this up and read it and also uh, look into some of your earlier work as well. Okay. Well, I, I appreciate it, Randall. I, you know, I know that the, a lot of the areas that Keel approached and that I've immersed myself in sound woo-woo, but you know, Keel actually was doing things that I don't think a lot of the mainstream picked up on that should have like his, uh, research into, uh, these barum clouds experiments that were being launched from Wallops Island, Virginia, that I know in October 4th, 1967, I thought we maybe maybe this was the UFO invasion we were all waiting for. You know, I lived up in Maine at the time, off in the southern sky. Me and and a lot of our neighbors were outside looking at these big clouds of luminous light, different colors. And it turned out it was uh, just a a barum cloud experiment. And that Keel later wrote in his anomaly. Of course, the magazine, popular magazines, didn't really care about all this, but he was one to inform fellow UFO researchers that uh, we have to be aware that some of these UFO flaps are being caused by um, these high-altitude rocket experiments where they're testing, see uh, the magnetic fields, uh, how they line up out there, and the at- learning more about the atmosphere uh, with these experiments. He also delved into um, the, uh, like, ball lightning, how... Many times, ball lightning, like lightning itself, will actually, instead of going from the sky to the ground, will actually go from the ground to the sky. And that might account for some of our reports of spherical luminous objects shooting up into the sky. Instead of being a flying saucer uh, UFO, maybe it was uh, ball lightning. I know in one of his letters to me, he commented uh, on lightning that Socorro, New Mexico was uh, a place where at that time, years ago, it was being studied because of all the unusual lightning activity that they had there. So, um, so he was pretty, um, you know, trying to come up with not only alternatives to the extraterrestrial theory, but also uh, very mundane natural explanations or logical explanations for some of these that that didn't involve just the woo-woo stuff, you know? Yeah, well, we're going to get into more less woo-woo stuff with Brent Rains. Talking about John Keel with Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. This is Fred. Uh, Hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. 
What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. Acting White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney may have muddied things up when it comes to President Trump's impeachment inquiry. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy believes Mulvaney made things clear at his press conference on Thursday. There was no quick pro quo. Fellow Republican Congressman Francis Rooney doesn't see it that way at all. It's certainly quite clear right now that the actions were related to, uh, to getting some of the Ukraine to do some of these things. In other words, Rooney says it appears there was a quid pro quo, which is the very issue that led to the current House impeachment inquiry. Career diplomat George Kent told congressional investigators Rudy Giuliani asked the State Department to grant a visa to former Ukrainian official Viktor Shokin, who Joe Biden had pushed to have removed when he was vice president. This is USA Radio News. With a recession ending, if you've been putting off building your business, now is the time to act. General Steel will meet or beat any price on a pre-engineered steel building of the same size and specifications. Act now before steel prices go up. So call us today for free information. Call 800-965-1290. In 50 feet, turn left. Why are you driving so slowly? After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in .1 miles. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving. Because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. If you owe money to the IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Working through the IRS Fresh Start program, all the forms will be handled for you. All you have to do is make the toll-free call. 800-239-9957. Find out if you qualify and possibly save yourself thousands of dollars, not to mention a lot of headaches. It could be the best call you've made today. That number again, 800-239-9957. The service does not provide tax settlement or legal services. We will refer you to a company that does provide such services. Often the IRS will not agree to any reduction in the amount owed. Not all taxpayers who owe more than $10,000 will qualify for a tax reduction program. This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Again, the book is John A. Keel, The Man, The Myths, and the Ongoing Mysteries. Brent Rains is our guest on the show with Gene and Randall. 
And I'll just mention something here too, and maybe you can amplify in this. I'm sure you follow it through. He also offered an alternative explanation for Roswell. Yes, the balloons, uh, Japanese uh, Fugo balloons there. Mm -hmm. Now, how did he come by that? What was his justification? You know, some of the early newspaper accounting of Roswell from 1947, when that story first broke, were descriptions of items, objects that sounded very much of a balloon character. And there were those balloons after, um, you know, that the Japanese sent over back during the World War, you know, after World War II. And there were lots of them, I guess, that they sent aloft and was hoping would land somewhere on the West Coast and cause fires, cause trouble for us. And so he thought that that might have been an explanation to to consider for maybe what uh, was recovered at Roswell. Yeah, we now, got into that a bit last week with Kevin Randall. And of course, I, I don't think today that anybody would believe that it actually was one of those balloons, or even one of the mogul balloons, for that matter. Uh, none of those explanations seem seem to stand up. But but I've got a, a bit of a separate question here for you, if you don't mind. Uh, your book is John A. Keel, The Man, The Myths, and The Ongoing Mysteries. What are some of these ongoing mysteries? And I presume that you mean mysteries that have endured uh, in his absence into uh, the present day. Right. Continuation of the contact phenomena that he investigated, the continuing of the paranormal UFO aspect among the experiences, uh, having both experiences, uh, um, no, you know, being repeaters of those experiences. I know at one time, being a repeater in the UFO field was like the kiss of death. Heineck, back in the 60s, would have said if they've said they saw more than one UFO, then uh, it's likely that they're just someone who's overreacting to lights in the sky, Venus on the horizon, or uh, things like that. But then, um, of course, certainly with uh, Bud Hopkins, Whitley Strieber in 1987, their communion and, and uh, the missing time and, and uh, intruders, Ufology took a turn and said, oh, well, maybe sometimes those repeaters are people who are having reoccurring abduction experiences or something of that nature. And, of course, this is what Keel was trying to bring out back in the, uh, the late 60s, uh, that there were, he had interviewed, he wrote in Operation Trojan Horse, over 200 people who had had claimed to be like silent contactees, people whose stories weren't yet um, out in the open, publicized, but uh, he had connected with them, probably a number of them from a True Magazine article he wrote early in 67 about occupants, and uh, he got, he claimed about six mailbags came into that, the editor's office, and he went to retrieve them later, and many of them had stories of contact and missing time, which uh, he said at that time a lot of magazines weren't publishing that kind of uh, material. And he estimated in Trojan Horse that there were perhaps maybe as many as 50,000 experiencers here in the United States. Of course, now today we have a lot of people speculating about the high numbers. Uh, we have the Dr. Edgar Mitchell Foundation for Research into Extraterrestrial Extraordinary Experiences, where they did this survey of uh, people claiming contact experiences, UFO contact, and then also 
uh, developing a statistical profile of the high numbers of paranormal experiences that they also claimed. And so uh, a lot of researchers now are are looking seriously at the whole UFO PSI interface. And that's something that I've been interested in looking at. And uh, so this is the, the ongoing, part of the ongoing thing. That and, of course, his interest in cryptids and uh, the idea of the quantum physics uh, which he used to tell people that told Doug Skinner that his was a very simplified version of quantum physics because now we got people coming out more and more with lots of speculation and uh, experiments where they're trying to prove the idea of of different dimensions, string theory, and so on. So there's a lot of a lot of discussion on all of this, and so I thought you know in this book that I would uh, try to package all of that up and put it out there for readers to kind of ponder and, and think about. Now, one of the things that was interesting was that book, UFOs Operation Trojan Horse, especially beginning with that book, where he began to talk about ultra terrestrials. Right. And of course he got, he said, you know, I understand he got that uh, ultra terrestrials was a name that he got from uh, Ivan Sanderson, the, uh, the, Scottish-born zoologist who was also interested in Bigfoot and UFOs and had his own uh, nonprofit organization there in New Jersey uh, that had a newsletter and everything that studied anomalous phenomena. He was a, a 14 as well as Keel was, a follower of you know the writings of Charles Fort and was interested in a variety of unexplained anomalous phenomena. And they were even planning to originally write uh, Operation Trojan Horse together uh but uh somewhere along the line they didn't didn't quite agree on how it should be written so keel just i think took over that that project himself but um anyway it uh well <laughs> um okay well that's interesting because you know okay so Maybe there's another universe where UFOs are coming from. That, that's a possibility. In fact, that's my favorite uh, possibility because it is a possibility. Scientists are taking it seriously now that there could be other universes that perhaps uh, these aliens have found a way to traverse them. On the other hand, we've got uh, arch skeptics, Seth Shostak, who I believe now is uh, one of the head people at the SETI Institute, who now feels that given our rate of development and finding and acquiring data about exosolar planets, figures that we're going to discover intelligent life in our own universe within the next couple of dozen years. And this is a recent statement that he himself made uh, on a special uh, uh, documentary film. So uh, that seems to be a pretty big turnaround. Uh, in the scientific community, like we already know they're here, okay, but still, that's a pretty big uh, turnaround in the scientific community. Yeah, it's interesting. There's there's been uh, lots and lots of things happening in the last uh, year or two. I mean, you know, you've got the uh, statements at the Pentagon, and you know, uh, someone who worked in this program uh, has come out and is. Uh, revealing that they took the whole UFO thing quite seriously. Uh, they thought that maybe this was a threat. Indeed, 
to national security, which for years we've been told UFOs weren't a threat to national security. So the whole thing's been turned around now. And we're we're hearing that the Navy is uh, says that there's a reality to this phenomenon and, and taking it seriously and wants, wants uh, their people to report this uh, their their sightings uh, their experiences now um certainly a different navy than i was involved with back in the early 70s <laughs> um oh you were involved in the navy i was well i was in the navy back from uh active duty 72 to 74 and you know we we had people on the ship that thought they had seen ufos um even a quartermaster was uh, on the bridge was sharing with me and he uh, showed me the the written report where they had seen between us and a ship we were aircraft carrier that we were you know uh, doing escort with off the coast of Vietnam had seen a, a ring of lights. A so what, of lights. what were you on a destroyer? Or? I was on a destroyer escort, uh, USS Paul DE ten eighty, which has since been sold for scrap metal overseas. <laughs> but uh, we've got these scrappy announcements, by the way. Isn't that a bad segue? Don't say well, anything, Brent. Gene and Randall, you're in. The Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. 
The Hebo Tea Club's original pure Powdiarco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. So it naturally has antifungal, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-infection, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. But maybe more importantly, the Hebo Tea Club's original pure Powdiarco Super Tea builds corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop and cancer happens to die in oxygen. The tea is great for healthy people and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Powdiarco Super Tea is only $34.95 plus shipping. Order now at ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. That's ShopSuperTea.com, 818-984-6100, ShopSuperTea.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Brent Rains is being a gentleman. He's not going to say anything about my segue. Let's go on, Randall. Yeah, we were just talking before the break how uh, you were serving in the Navy uh, in a destroyer group. Now, this is something we didn't run across in your bio, and that you had heard accounts of uh, your fellow crewmen or from your fellow crewmen about sightings uh, within the Navy. And anyone, uh, have you yourself seen anything? Uh, We were off the coast of the Carolinas in, I guess it was the 73, and I came up on on the fan tail the back of the ship and there were crewmen saying that they were watching all these lights and uh brent you want to see a ufo they're out there now you know you know because everybody on the ship knew that i was interested in this subject in fact i had a john keel book that people used to to borrow to read <laughs> sure enough there were some lights that was zipping around i couldn't tell you know what they were i know there was one that was coming along uh, going one way, and there was one above it going the opposite way, and the one below it suddenly did like a, a big U-turn and came up close to the one that was above it and then flared up real bright and then just disappeared. Don't have any idea what that was for sure, but I've always wanted to get one where uh, it landed, it was a big disc, and I could go over and you know kick the, the hubcap, so to speak. The most unusual thing I saw was a natural phenomenon. I actually saw uh, St. Elmo's fire one time when I was up on the forward lookout over the bridge. And I heard this buzzing sound, and I noticed 
on this pole in front of me that there was this um, little flame, bluish light. And this was where this buzzing sound seemed to come from. And I thought, huh. And I held my hand out with my fingers apart out into the wind. And I had these little flames coming off my fingertips. And in a short while, it started to rain. And as soon as it started to rain, these lights and the noise had all extinguished. And then I you know, realized, well, that was St. Elmo's fire. Because I went below deck to tell it was uh met a lot of my fellow crew members in the chow hall and i was telling them it was at night what i had observed and they were telling me i was full of you know something i can't say over the radio but i said no no this is a natural <laughs> phenomenon guys <laughs> i know what this is now, you know yeah <laughs> yeah no, that's a real thing yeah they used to say that the same thing would happen with aircraft and that that was perhaps an explanation for the foo fighters back in world war 2 and of course that doesn't explain them sufficiently, especially when some of the crew had seen what looked to them to be like metallic spheres. St. Elmo's fire doesn't look like a metallic sphere. No, you wouldn't expect it to. No, that's for sure. Yeah, Gene, I was just remembering when you first described at, at the beginning of the program Keel and how you met him in 65, and he was going to write an article for Playboy magazine. He went to the Pentagon, spent about two hours with an official down there who uh, represented Project Blue Book, and uh, he, the guy gave Keel what Keel felt was the, the whole party line that he probably gave to all journalists and reporters who came in there, and tried to tell Keel that there was nothing to it, and uh, it was a waste of his time. And Keel told him that, uh, well, he knew there was something to it because he had seen one of the things himself, which I guess he was referring to the metallic-looking disc-shaped domed object he saw in egypt back in uh, 1954 anyway uh dr jalen heineck ended up getting the uh playboy story he'll uh he didn't didn't get that but he was still at that point deeply interested in ufos and and that's when he ventured through 20 different states and interviewed uh, hundreds of witnesses himself to gather information to figure out what was going on and that's that's when his controversial ideas and theories evolved well, I think I'd definitely be interested in that Playboy story. Yes, one I'd like to add to my collection. Yeah, I've never read it myself, but I know that uh, Dr. Heineck got the got the assignment. And uh, interestingly, I I met Dr. Heineck at his home back in September '72, and I I brought up the name John Keel because I knew that Keel had said that in the beginning Valley and and Heineck ridiculed his ideas, but I I was surprised when. Dr. Heineck told me that he was actually quite impressed with Keel's ideas, although I don't think he said that much publicly about about that uh, point of view. But well, that's because Heineck and Valet they had to keep themselves sort of inside the box a little bit more be, in order to maintain their credibility. Because of course Heineck, he was a consultant with the Air Force uh, for a number of years, and you want to maintain that sort of status. There's a cachet there. That gives a person credibility, and, and I think he was maybe he was concerned about that credibility and and maintaining it. And right. I think maybe privately he was more open to <clears throat> some of the stranger things. And then of course Valet, he got into some uh, some way out stuff there after a while, uh, you know, where he started getting into dimensions, and that's where actually I think Valet started to lose lose me a bit because, and even Valet himself has done a bit of a turnaround on some of that. 
Right. Keel used to joke that he he became Valley's ghostwriter. Yeah. <laughs> he actually came around to a lot of similar ideas he had. And Keel said that anyway, um, you know, Keel said in the beginning that that Valley had, you know, given him kind of a rough time over some of his ideas and concepts, but over the years, uh, they began to resemble one another uh, quite a lot. But Keel always said that his his theories that seemed so woo-woo to so many, that's all that they were. It was speculation. And he just felt that it, uh, it was the closest that, uh, you know, seemed to fit the facts as he saw them. But he said that there was no way to prove that he was, he was right. And, uh, but he certainly noticed a lot of correlations that suggested that there was a, a deeper, more complex and perplexing uh, element to all, a lot of this than what the the mainstream nuts and bolts uh, crowd was was allowing for. Well, now, he also seemed to me. He also seemed to me to be kind of approaching demonology. And it's possible connection with UFO sourcing. Well, he certainly felt that there was a trickster phenomena to it and that uh, they didn't. I asked him one time in a phone conversation about the um, we were talking about Marian apparitions, which he had studied quite a bit of and the similarity to contact experiences. And uh, and he uh, felt that, you know they ended up sour too, that he felt that the whole phenomena didn't have the best, our best interests at heart. And so even, even the positive spiritual stuff, he, he just felt, uh, that the angels and the demons, the devils, they were all in cahoots together, uh, along with the fairies and the air elementals and everything else. Um, all these beings were just, it was just, a a frame of reference that they were all part of the same phenomena. And he felt that they were tricksters because uh, I have a, a good friend who's been deeply involved in, in Native American studies, shamanism. He's written an encyclopedia on uh, Native American mounds and earthworks and such. And he was telling me that, uh, you know, and he, he studied John Keel too. And they felt that, um, that really to the Native American the, and other cultures, the trickster could also be a teacher. And uh, it could test you to see what your motives are and your intentions and to uh, uh, test the accuracy of your perceptions of your direction, your quest. And uh, if you failed and you just stayed where you were at, but if you kind of could catch on to what was going on, you could go to a higher rung of the, of the ladder. Well, this is really interesting because uh, it it reminds me, and it, or it seems to fit right in like a puzzle piece with this idea that Valet had about the idea of a control system, like uh, some methodology or the way that the aliens were interacting with us in order to rearrange human worldviews. So. If it, yeah. And, yeah, that's and, you know, it's yeah, that's part of the, what you know. Uh, again, the the similarity between the the theories that evolved with Keel and 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 Valley, it it does uh, um, seem like they were looking at similar ideas. Uh, Valley wasn't quite so 
onto the negative aspect of it as 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 Keel became and 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 in fact uh I learned as I was working on this that uh uh that Keel had told a number of people that uh in the story that's told in the Mothman prophecies I tell you what let's do that update in our next segment okay so we're okay, gonna re- sure. we'll refer to what Keel said there and I want to also look at the more negative aspects of uh, you know the doppelgangers and the men in black more to come focusing on john keel with brent rains gene and randall you're in the Paracast. thank you for listening to gcn be sure to visit gcnlive.com today Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hey folks, Tom D for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, ghosts, zombies, UFOs, crop circles, and more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people who seek a little more than the other dating services offer. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and you want to connect with others, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. So many people want to share their experiences with the paranormal, the afterlife, the unusual, and this is the place to meet and share common interests with those of like minds. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. That's ParanormalDate.com. Use the code word GEORGE and start meeting others. Get going now and connect with someone you like. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So there, as we continue talking about John Keel, who left too early. It would have been nice to have gotten him on the Paracast, but Brent Rains has studied his life, especially emphasizing the things he talked about, about his interactions and the influence to the views of Jacques Vallée. Let's continue here. You were going to talk here about, what, getting towards the negative aspects of it all? Okay, well, one of the things in the Mothman prophecies that Keel wrote about was how on December 15th, 
1967. He's waiting in front of his TV set. He feels that he's been given that date, that something big is going to happen. He thinks it's going to be a, a power blackout, but he'd also been getting information from different experiences about uh, something was going to happen on the Ohio River, Christmas packages floating on the water, and, and some there's going to be some kind of disaster. And Keel was trying to put that together. And, and there was no blackout, but there was a news bulletin that said a bridge had collapsed in the Ohio river. And of course we know that there were 46 people who didn't survive that tragedy. And it was the silver bridge at uh, point pleasant. What Keel left out of his book, which I decided to put in mind was when I found out that he also claimed that on that particular day, uh, there was a knock at his apartment door and in came a friend he hadn't seen for a number of years. He'd even been his best man at his wedding years earlier, and they spent hours together. He was there in the apartment when the news came over the TV. There was also another gentleman there who told me this was a big, tall guy with a powerful handshake. Keel acted as though he knew him. Uh, Keel later wrote this guy a letter, which he sent me a copy, where Keel said later that he met this gentleman's wife and. Uh, you know, he said, oh, hey, good to see you. Uh, you know, uh, Joe came by the apartment and she said, well, Joe passed away. He died of a heart attack. And he goes, oh, no. Uh, when did this happen? And, you know, she says, July 1965. And he said, well, that's impossible. He was at my apartment. Are you sure? He was at my apartment, you know, in December of 67. And she says, John, don't you think I'd know when my husband died? I was there, you know. He told my informant that uh, this was something that he, Keel said, he's, well, he wrote that he spent, uh, had many sleepless nights after that. And I found out from uh, two gentlemen, uh, John and, and Tim Frick, who have for years been very involved in the annual Mothman Festival in, in West Virginia, uh, that they were there in 2003 when John Keel came and uh, they spent about eight hours with him. And one of the things that Keel brought up was the time that this man had come to his apartment and they spent several hours together. They went out to lunch. They even went to a Jim Mosley talk downtown and everything seemed perfectly normal about this guy. He had his voice, his memories that, you know, this was a very physical event. He suspected nothing unusual, uh, except what he'd heard on the TV and uh, only to discover later that you know you know his friend had been dead over 2 years prior and to John Keel the guy who was on the trail of the ultra terrestrials the elementals who uh the demonic type elements who saw no good in this this was uh just another something to screw with his mind and uh a John Frick asked him well, what do you think about this and he said that Keel answered uh it gives me too much of a headache to think about it, you know, for very long. So to, to, you know, to most people, that would have been something that they would have seen as a very special, positive experience, but, but not for Keel, not with the particular point of view that he had. Um, so what how do we that? explain that? You know, is there any way to explain something like that? You know, there've been accounts, uh, over the years, you know, Keel was really into apparitions and everything, uh, and how things could appear 
to be real and solid, but weren't. And and then he had this experience. And uh, I have tried to check with some of the old timers in the field, uh, Rick Hilberg, and uh, I never actually contacted Gene about this, but Al Greenfield and Tim Tim Beckley to see if anybody had any pictures from a Jim Mosley talk back in uh, on. December 15th, 1967, and nobody did, you know, and I thought, you know, that if, if there's a Jim Mosley talking uh, there in New York City, someone's going to be taking pictures, surely, you know, they, they do it all the time now, they did it back then, and I thought maybe we'd have a, a ghost in this picture. Or right, Mike, get lucky. Yeah, just whatever, but haven't been that lucky as, as of yet. But things like this do happen to people, though. I mean, um, I've I live here in Calgary. I've had a number of experiences myself. One of them was very similar to that. Um, I played in the local underground music scene here for a number number of years. And some of the people over the years, they've just started to actually pass away. But one of them I had worked with at the university, his name was Tim Campbell, and I knew him quite well. And I used to run into him at the local Starbucks every now and then. And uh, one day I was there and I saw him and... I went over and we, you know, smiled and it was like, hey, how are you doing? And everything's cool. And, uh, okay, and I'll see you later. And I kind of turned around and and then he was just kind of gone. But uh, it was the next weekend I said to somebody, hey, you know, I just ran into, uh, you know, Tim uh, just a couple of days ago over at the Indigo. And they said, oh, really? We just went to his funeral last week. And I was like, uh I know this person, right? So are you sure we're talking about the same person? I mean, really, things like that do seem to happen. What is the explanation? You know, any theories? I mean, besides, you know, dead people and apparitions, I'm not really sure. Well, you know, uh, uh, that's what we have for speculations, beliefs. Uh, It's a fascinating area. Keel was certainly, I think, wired a little differently. Uh, and at times, I think he had a little resistance of his own to some of the things he, he experienced. He didn't quite want to believe it quite the way it, it came across or seemed to come across. I mean, we all have these, you know, these difficulties. Uh, uh, I'm, I mean, my own daughter has uh, described, you know, when when her grandmother, my wife's mother, passed away uh, a few years back uh she was uh, she saw her in in her house uh playing with her her young son after she had died then she was leaving the house and she followed her to the door and asked her if she needed a lift and she says you know you should know that i don't need where i'm going i don't need any help getting there <laughs> wow wow so I mean, wow. yeah, these these things get reported, and um, you know, uh, after John Keel left, I thought, what a what a what a shame that you know we lost this pioneer who had all these alternative ideas, fascinating things that he would describe and write, and and so I met a I was working with some people who were doing. Uh, paranormal investigations and this one guy who turned out to be an abductee 
and a psychic, and he'd been having experiences. Uh, first experience with an alien, first experience with a ghost was at age five, or around age five. And he was using this instrument called uh, a ghost box, based on the Frank's box, which it would use white noise going through continuous scan on, on a radio frequency, which used AM, and uh, would ask questions and uh get responses and i was highly skeptical but you know we sat around and uh, had tape recorders uh, put it up to a hooked it up to stereo speakers and i was particularly impressed <laughs> i mean i got john keel coming through this radio a number of times interactive intelligent responses you know what let's stop it right there a cliffhanger right. what did john keel on the other side if that's what it was, say, Brent Rains, Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. Hey everyone, Proactive MD has an incredible offer for our radio listeners only. Stay tuned for our exclusive offer that includes a free charcoal pore cleansing brush and free shipping. Proactive MD with prescription strength adapalene can heal and prevent future breakouts. Today, for just $19.95, we're offering listeners the three-piece Proactive MD system with free shipping, plus a free gift, the new charcoal pore cleansing brush. Get this exclusive offer by calling now, 1-800-583-8662, or go to Proactive.com and enter promo code radio you heard right proactive md plus free shipping and a free gift the new charcoal pore cleansing brush you'll get all this for just $19.95 and their 60-day money-back guarantee you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or you get your money back call now 1-800-583-8662 that's 1-800-583-8662 or go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio again go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203.
Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP as slim as possible. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So, is John Keel, or has John Keel, communicated from wherever he is? Brent Rains. Well, of course, John Keel, when he was alive, he wrote that, you know, there were people convinced that they had recorded voices through mediums or electronic means of some kind, claimed to be space people, claimed to be uh, someone from the afterlife. And uh, he believed that these were just elemental beings or whatever, who were just very much um, adept at imitating and pretending to be someone familiar. Well, I think that's a real possibility because, and, and you know, I know that some of our listeners, they, <laughs> they start to, their eyes glaze over when I, I go into this, but I mean, I really don't think that life after death as we think about it is, is a possibility. And therefore that whatever experiences people are having and i do believe people are having experiences because you know who would i be to say well i've had one but nobody else has we might not be able to pin down exactly who is actually having the experiences who else is but i think we have to know that they're taking place right so i'm just telling you i'm just front-loading this by telling you what what keel thought and then right you know lo and behold i'm getting these uh not just me but my friends, uh, the one who was, who you know, introduced me to the ghost box, uh, Brett Oldham, who is a abductee. He's written a couple of books about his abduction experiences now, and the most impressive event was July third of two thousand ten. We'd been getting John Keel prior on investigations, and so on July third, two thousand ten. We were at the home of Sandy Nichols uh, at Thompson Station, Tennessee, just south of a few miles south of Nashville. 
and we were going to do a ghost box session. I said, this is the one-year anniversary of John Keel's passing. Can we try reaching out to him? Well, Brett asked his uh, spirit guide or, or uh, tech, whatever you want to call him, uh, can you have John Keel come through and say his name? And within like two seconds or so, this voice, clear male voice, said John Keel. At another point, Brett asked, can you, uh, John, can you tell us about what you now know about Bigfoot? And this powerful male voice said, smuck Bigfoot, see? And then there were like these two other voices in the background that said, see, and then another one said, see. I was just at the Mothman Festival. I did a talk up there about, you know, all of this at Point Pleasant at the Mothman Festival. And, and I was talking to John Frick. And I was telling him about this particular, you know, smuck John Keel. And he said, well, that was an expression that I think he used. Uh, he was recalling about a conversation he had with Keel about a certain researcher. And John Keel said, ah, he's a smuck. <laughs> oh, right. Like schmuck, maybe. Like, like a schmuck or a smucker, you know. But it was, okay, yeah. we're hitting the edge here. Let's just move on. Okay. Okay. So anyway, there have just been a number of, of things I, I thought, well, to be really objective, I got to make sure this isn't someone who's um, got a transmitter coming across to AM radio in another right. room. They got us bugged. So yeah. I got a ghost box of my own and uh, Radio Shack uh, digital radio. And we just fixed the scanner where it went on continuous scan like they're supposed to, all that white noise. And I got some things that, uh, you know, I would just do a session spontaneously with my family here and one time i got a real clear john keel brent uh bert here and bert swartz was a famous uh psychiatrist parapsychologist gene probably remembers him and, yes uh, i actually met him a few times okay yeah of course he was from new jersey montclair new jersey originally he uh he became a friend of John Keel. In fact, John Keel recommended he apply his interest in parapsychology to study UFOs as well. And he did. And he passed away. Dr. Swartz passed away in, in September, 2010. And after he passed away, I started hearing Dr. Swartz coming through the radio. And a lot of times it was just little bits and pieces. Uh, and then other times we get a whole, whole sentence. And, uh, for example, one time we thought we heard something about an Enoch or an Enoch. Weren't sure which was an I or an O. So I asked the box one time and a voice clearly came through and said Enoch with an O. And, uh, if anyone's interested in the, the February and March issues of, uh, 2017 in my column reality checking, I do provide a number of these audios that we recorded. Uh, so that people can give it a listen. Keel said a lot of these things happened with the contactees back in the early early fifties, but the mainstream ufology just you know poo pooed it and thought there was nothing to it, and they never tried it themselves. They just dismissed it out of hand. But he did say that one day this would become like a commonplace thing, and of course now with ghost hunters, it it certainly is uh, EVPs. That's a little there about. My experience with that, it was, I was quite, quite puzzled by it. 
Now, I can think that it should dovetail into what John Keel wrote about doppelgangers, your psychic or literal double somewhere. And I'm not talking about like Earth 1 and Earth 38. You see that on some TV shows where there are alternate universes, but there is your counterpart somewhere. Another John Keel, whatever, that he'd talk about. Can you amplify that? Well, I can amplify it some. I mean, that is one of the the areas, uh, you know, they talk in quantum physics about other people like us who exist in maybe these other parallel worlds. And I'm, it's uh, a controversial but intriguing theory. And uh, I know I was talking with Paul Eno, and he's got a book that has come out recently, uh, Dancing in the Graveyard, I think it's called. I haven't read it yet, but he was telling me in an interview I did with him a few months back that uh, this was going to be in the book. And he's come across two two instances where people have described to him um, that people entering our world from this parallel world, uh, in one instance where this family, had lost a loved one, and so they reached out to someone with shamanic abilities to reach into another dimension and get the other person who was dead in our world, pull him into this world so that they wouldn't miss this person and, and he could live among them. And they claimed this actually uh, was a reality in their, their situation. And uh, there was another story similar to that that uh, he was told also from another source. and. Um, whether this is true or not, I don't know, but there are reports of, of uh, this thing that kind of goes along with some people's many-worlds theories of quantum physics. Ah, the multiverse. Yeah, By the way, folks, if you want to see a fictional representation on this, the DC Comics TV shows on the CW Network in the U.S. are heavily, heavily focusing on multiple realities. we got this reality to contend with. I wonder if there's another Paracast. Well, we'll get into that next segment. Brent Rains, Gene and Randall, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNlife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNlife.com. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug outhouse that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family survival to survivalistcamps.com.
USA Radio News with Wendy King. Claiming new progress against Islamic State extremists in Syria, President Trump said some European nations are now willing to take on detained Islamic State fighters. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. We're hopeful that every country that has persons detained in these camps will accept those back into their country. Not just European countries, there are many, many countries around the world who have had people leave their country and go to fight alongside ISIS in their campaign in Syria. The president pushed back at criticism that his Syria moves were damaging U.S. credibility. He touted the U.S.-brokered ceasefire agreement as Kurdish troops claimed the combat has not yet been halted. We are uh, in a very strong position. We are also in a position where we can put tremendous, powerful sanctions on Turkey or whoever else we want to. This is USA Radio News. Balance of Nature. Changing the world, one life at a time. I'm loving my balance of nature. Since I started, I have not gotten one cold. I kind of fight everything. I get a little tickled, but it goes away. It's just uh, amazing the difference I felt. I want you to know how much I appreciate the uh, counseling and so forth and your attention to your people. I have been a pretty big advocate for the balance of nature. I don't know how many truck drivers have asked me, how in the heck do you keep going at 88, 89 years old? I said, balance of nature. (laughs) If they want to really enjoy some good health, get on balance of nature. Experience the balance of nature difference for yourself. For a limited time, you can receive a 30% discount and free shipping on your first preferred order of balance of nature. Call 800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code USA. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? 92 Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now 800-503-8625-800-503-8625-800-503-8625 hey this is marie d jones the author of this book is from the future and you are listening to the paracast the gold standard of paranormal radio I was saying, I wonder if there's another Paracast radio show on, if this is Earth 38, Earth number one, Earth number 99, Earth number nine, multiple versions. Are there multiple versions of Brent Rains out there? Number nine? Uh, Heaven forbid. Number nine. (laughs) Yes. Imagine, you know, we might be rich in another dimension somewhere. Um, Millionaires, wouldn't that be something? (laughs) Well, they can always loan me some money. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, if they can, if they can cross over, just send a little, little money to us, as long as it resembles closely enough the money we have, and it's uh, 
long as we don't get dollar bills that are in Russian or Chinese or something. Let's just hope that Bitcoin hasn't yet <laughs> taken over, though I guess it might someday. Well, we had Paul and Ben on the show, and they were a real, real good uh, a pair to have on. That's the father and son team. And they were talking about audio, strange audio, paranormal sounds, unexplained sounds. Really interesting stuff. Good people to talk to. But I think we have to be careful about how we interpret the kinds of experiences that we have. Because just because we hear a sound or see a vision that looks like our deceased grandmother doesn't mean it is our deceased grandmother. We want to believe it is because that's the first thing that our mind puts together. It's a pattern recognition thing. Mm -hmm. But if it's not possible that it's our deceased grandmother, then it has to be something else. And that's where we go way back to before the break where you were saying, well, there are some people that feel that maybe what we are dealing with are entities here, maybe the trickster type phenomena, maybe the aliens working on this control system that use our own past in ways to try to influence our psychology. Yeah, and, and the idea that there were elementals, the Muslim jinn, that could do all these things that are similar to where what the beings in UFO contact situations, uh, where they abduct humans, they sometimes do sexual things to them. They take them to another reality, another hit, you know, some, they, they can transport, just suddenly go from one place to another. Uh, they can shape shift. This is old territory with a new face. Um, it's a variation on some very ancient themes, actually. And this is what Keel had written about and, and felt. And he said that, that uh, belief is the enemy. And I really think that, uh, Greg Bishop of the Excluded Middle uh, the, has his radio show out in L.A., the Radio Mysterioso, and he's been studying contactees and all sorts of UFO uh, phenomena for years now. And he has an expression that uh, the UFOs is not only uh, stranger than we think, it's stranger than we can think. And I think, uh, as I heard Ray Hernandez of Free recently say uh, back in, in August when I met him, at the uh, Alien Expo over in Knoxville, he said that uh, we're just learning to ask the right questions now, I think. You know, we're, we've been at this for like a little over seven decades, and it is such strange, uh, bewildering, perplexing terrain that we're traversing here that um, it's taken us a while to really to try to pull and connect all the dots and put this whole thing together. Uh, it's almost like a hall of mirrors. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And and you know, I really like Greg Bishop and his show. And, you know, I wish he'd get in touch with us because we've been trying to get in touch with him to uh, come on our show as well. You know, we'd like to have him back uh, to talk about exactly this kind of stuff. But I'm not so sure now that UFOs are necessarily beyond our capability of understanding. Like back when Valet was saying, okay, well, we have to considered the possibility of alternate dimensions. And one of his reasons was the accounts where witnesses had seen the craft slowly dematerialize or vanish. And so, uh, you know, at first we think, well, how is that possible? I mean, maybe, okay, maybe they're going into another uh, alternate dimension or universe. But then along comes the, the 2000s and we start developing active camouflage 
Not to mention that we've got the, you know, the Star Trek cloaking devices. Well, who's to say that they're simply not engaging some sort of technology that makes them invisible? That seems fairly easy to wrap our head around. It, we don't have to invoke alternate universes at all. It's just the high strangeness, the all the psychic aspects. I mean, the, a lot of these uh, contact experiences they see have interactions with so-called ghosts, spirits, whatever, angels, almost as much as they do with uh, the aliens, you know. And a lot of times, the investigators over the years, the mainstream ones, have kind of, when they did investigation, they 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 just work on that one case. They wouldn't really wouldn't go into the background. If they heard something about a cryptid, a Bigfoot, something like a Mothman or a ghost, they'd say, well, that's not our field. Uh, that's a separate area. We're just interested in this report of of this this one experience. And Keel certainly felt that it all needed to be put together. And so there is there is this recurrent uh, paranormal thing. But yes, a lot of the phenomena that is being described, you know, we got the Pentagon, the Navy looking at these Tic Tacs and stuff saying, hey, you know, this uh, credible observers, because we've known they were credible observers since uh, way, way back, you know, but now they seem to be uh, more interested in saying, hey, uh, there is something to this. And it, uh, we're not sure that it's extraterrestrial or an alien intelligence, you know, it might be a foreign country, uh, but they're doing some amazing things that we're certainly not at all close to being capable of, as far as I know. <laughs> now, maybe maybe something that area, maybe something that area fifty one is going on that I don't know about. But anyway, that's possible. You know, if another government had advanced aircraft testing in our airspace, I would think at some point they would boast, "Hey, look at what we have. Let's exert control." We have certain nations that would love to do that to gain an advantage. Just as I say, if there's going to be UFO disclosure, I could not believe that the U.S. is the only country to have evidence. If Putin has evidence, he could use it to his advantage for whatever reason. The Chinese, you name the country, Iran, if they discover something, some meaningful information, watch out, folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I keep hearing is about, you know, uh, these nuclear weapons and things, the things we generally know about, or technology that's nowhere near what, you know, like the Tic Tac. And, and uh, that technology, from what they described, the pilots, uh, that was an extremely unbelievable uh, maneuvers that it performed. As I remember, too, the, uh, the two pilots in that initial report went to an area to regroup after their encounter and found the UFO was waiting for them, almost as though it was a step ahead of them, knew, knew somehow what they were about to do. Um, so I don't know what the answer is, but it's fascinating and anomalous, and, and you can't help but speculate, and uh, it's hard not to come to some, some kind of favored personal belief about things. Uh, I think Keel certainly took this uh, even though he says it was just speculation uh he was quite serious when he speculated about the elemental similarities and everything the psychic elements the parallel world 
uh, to him, it was, it was, uh, almost, uh, quite obvious to him, but he knew that he couldn't actually put that final stamp of approval and say 100% that that was the, the answer. But I think certainly he was, uh, he was an original thinker, a, a, a pioneer who, who uh, made us made us think, and that hey. was that was quite important. We got to think about this, and we'll get back with Brent Rains talking about John Keel and other stuff. And there's something I want to get into in a moment. We'll see what that is with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. When you have a pain in the neck, a real pain in the neck, back, shoulder, or legs, you now have two convenient choices to get fast relief without taking another pill. Because now, Sunny Bay heating wraps and pillows are available at both Amazon and Walmart. Yes, see Sunny Bay's four and a half to five star customer reviews on Amazon.com or Walmart.com. Our microwavable heat wraps, heatable neck pillows, and extra large body wraps are designed better for perfect support 
support where and when you need it. Even while driving, Sunny Bay Wraps will not burn and stay balanced to provide soothing hot or cold therapy to help treat temporary or chronic pain. And the best part, Sunny Bay quality products start at under $20. Join thousands of happy customers and see why Sunny Bay products have a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. It's easy. Click Amazon or Walmart and search today for Sunny Bay. Warning. If you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-976-1460. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-976-1460. That's 1-800-976-1460. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Now, another set of characters playing a big part in John Keel's books are the men in black. Can you amplify Uh, that, Brent? Well, Keel, he was deeply into that. He claimed one time he got a, one of those mystery phone calls telling him to go out to this uh, place on Long Island, uh, Mount Misery. He went there and there was one of these black Cadillacs with these two Oriental guys inside it. And he claimed that he followed him down a winding road, eventually came around a corner, followed him behind a, around a corner there. And it was a dead end and the Cadillac had completely disappeared. And he felt that that was a, a demonstration meant for him to prove to him the, the reality of the reports that he'd been receiving. He claimed a number of occasions. He arrived just a few minutes after at the homes of witnesses who claimed that they had just been visited by the these MIB characters. And uh, he had actually told Brad Steiger uh, of an incident uh, that uh, apparently is was part of his evolution where he began to think that this, this sort of stuff was, uh, uh, these phenomena were more complex and uh, that this MIB stuff was, some of it was some sort of psychic, projections where these MIB individuals entered his apartment through a closed door and to prove that they were alien, they drank bottles of Lysol and Brad, you know, told me that story. And, and, uh, I used it also in chapter two, I think of my book, along with the uh, story about that guy named Joe that was supposed to be deceased. I really love Brad's books. I mean, he he had a style of writing that was uh, really drew the the reader in. They were page turners. They're the kind of things you could just uh, you know chow down like dessert over the course of a weekend or something like that. Always always good stuff from Brad. But 
you know, again, when we get back to the the idea of what could be taking place here, one of the things that I do is I don't simply just speculate. I have a rule of thumb that says, if our own technology could create the same phenomena somehow, then it's more likely that it is our own technology that's doing it than something alien. So the first thing I do is, okay, so with when we go back before the break and we're talking about the Nimitz encounters and the Tic Tac, and at first, we're tempted to draw many of the same conclusions that, that you mentioned. This is something beyond our capability, the same conclusions that the, the, the pilots like David Fravor, who saw one of these things optically, not just through instrumentation, drawing the same type of conclusion. This is beyond our capability. And yet... Is it really? Maybe it's beyond our ability to create an actual craft that can perform the way the craft that they visually saw does, but it might not be beyond our capability to create an illusion, an optical illusion, a holographic projection of a craft that can do all those kinds of performances. And there is a real theatrical nature to them. And as you say, at one point, they end up back at the rally point as if that craft knew where it was supposed to go. So on last week's show, I was asking Kevin Randall, I said, well, could we perhaps be looking at, because this was a training exercise, some sort of advanced countermeasures where they were testing it on the ships and on the crew, super secret to confuse radar and confuse pilots into thinking that there are other craft in the area other say enemy airplanes or airplanes from their own group that would outnumber the enemy let's say as a form of countermeasures and kevin d randall says absolutely it's entirely possible that that all of the people except the highest commanders on the ships knew what was going on but the other people didn't because it's such a highly classified countermeasures operation so there's an explanation Right, because because we know that a lot of the historical literature that we we you know Keel studied and others Valley took us back centuries before we had the technology of this type. But under the same token, that doesn't mean that something from out there or a parallel world, another dimension, couldn't have had the technology, and that technology would have appeared as as magical, you know, as magic, uh, supernatural to a less advanced culture. Um, and of course that's been one of the, the main themes of the, uh, uh, ancient astronaut theories is that, uh, you know, like the wheel within a wheel of Ezekiel and, and, uh, other stories from other cultures around the world going back centuries and centuries describing oh yeah i tend to agree with you wholeheartedly i mean even if we go back as far as the golden era in ufology back in say you know the the late 40s early 50s the stuff that they were seeing then and chasing in their aircraft then there is no way that we could have made that or even made something that was an illusion that looked like it Today, we can. Back then, we couldn't. So I do believe, I'm a believer in alien visitation. I'll say it right up front. And I'm, I also think, though, however, that if they've got this kind of technology, like you just pointed out, to be able to, okay, let's, let's the obvious is they've got some sort of anti-gravity. They've got some kind of way to make them appear to be something other than what they are. And including 
become invisible. Now you add up invisibility, shape shifting, and uh, anti gravity, and you don't. You virtually every form of paranormal phenomena you can think of can fall into those, except maybe telepathy. But our own technology has. We have devices now that can make it sound like there's a voice in your head when it's not. They're, they're even using them in advertising now. So. This is all possible technologically. All of this various phenomena could be all tied together to the same thing, the same trickster, the same control group to try to manipulate our psychology. Yeah, I think that the the real big emphasis he'll try to bring out, we're talking more and more about now, is the consciousness and the physics that are anomalous to us at this time. Uh, with the, the consciousness there, I know like with the the ghost box experience. I was always impressed that we got these interactive intelligent responses, but we're, we've got a, a radio that's a receiver. And I always wondered, how is it that, you know, this voice knows in our little room here where, you know, this, whatever, wherever this is coming through radio frequency, um, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's not, these people are not visible to us. It's uh, coming from somewhere, and it's interactive. And and uh, these kind of experiences, I mean, it's to me, even though we had a radio, it was paranormal because um, we didn't have a transmitter except our minds. And I remember one time before I um, I turned on the, the ghost box. I had looked at a book that Dr. Swartz had written called Psychic Nexus. And I was thinking about that book. And then I turn on the radio and there's some of this voice says Psychic Nexus. And there were just different times that I felt that somehow my thoughts were actually being, uh, of course, in parapsychology, there's this theory that uh, our thoughts are actually what is being projected on um, on recording devices. Instead of, uh, you know, we just think it's a uh, interactive intelligence. But uh, I tell you, after <laughs> after hearing some of these things, I, I really felt there was an intelligence separate from my own that was communicating. But but anyway, again, well, we could. There may have been. And, but the, as has been pointed out, say, on our forum thread by a, a number of uh, brighter people there. Um, if we're being communicated with in this realm, in this universe, through physics that we know, because you've got a device that's built based on those, that form of physics, then it is part of our universe. And it is using the same sort of technology in order, or at least generating the same sort of frequencies that that device can pick up. Essentially, you have some sort of a transmitter somewhere transmitting that frequency through that device that's an inescapable logic unless you're completely hallucinating it also i wonder if the possibility and we're going to break in a moment brent a possibility to consider which is that we have seen the enemy and he is us in other words we are self-generating some of this stuff and we presume it's external but maybe it isn't and that might be something to explore. I also want to ask a few more things about the life of John Keel. The book is John A. Keel, The Man, The Myths, and The Ongoing Mysteries. Brent Rains is the author with the 
forward by the late Rosemary Ellen Guiley. With Gene and Randall, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So Brent Rains, what do you think about my crazy idea that we may somehow be generating some of this phenomena? Well, that's certainly not crazy. I mean, it's been a it's been something that many of the early parapsychologists, psychical researchers speculated upon and uh certainly way keels looked at it it was say you have an intelligence that is uh, interactive intelligence outside of us that communicates you know can read us and pick up on our thoughts and such and tailor a lot of the uh experience to our cultural personal expectations beliefs and it makes it more uh more real for us or uh, something we can wrap our minds around better that way or you know parts of it are just self-generated it's um kind of a maybe a combination of of both elements there uh where we're actually being interacting with this energy this intelligent energy perhaps and it picks up on things that are in our mind our beliefs and it kind of gets played back to us or else it's entirely 
some of the uh, theories that parapsychologists and I guess quantum physicists have speculated that some of it is self-generated. So, yeah, I think it's a little more than self-generated, but I believe that's part of it as well. And I, you know, it's all really going back to Greg Bishop. It's it's stranger than we can think. <laughs> we can think, but it's it's just stranger than we can prove at the moment. Yeah, proof is another whole subject, isn't it? I mean, people often say proof, but I mean, proof is just evidence that's sufficient to justify belief in a claim. Most people don't really think about what proof is, but that's really what it amounts to. And so some people require less proof than other people or different kinds of proof than other people. We have uh, the skeptics, the scientific skeptics who want verifiable, scientifically valid material evidence. On the other hand, I do believe that people, when they have personal experiences, that that is evidence. It counts as evidence. We're physical beings and we operate on physical principles. When light enters our eyes, we know how those signals enter into the brain and interact with our visual cortex, and we have an experience. It's very rare that people just spontaneously hallucinate something. So when you get the number of reports from people who say that they have had an extraordinary experience, I tend to think they have, at least some of them. Right. There's something that happens that, you know, it's the sheer volume, the numbers of all these people from all over the world, from so many different cultures describing uh, so many similar phenomena, and and but trying to establish with certainty what all of this means. This is the great great challenge that <laughs> that's before us. You know, we we know there's there's something going on that's being. You know, I mean, we most of us who study this feel that way. Uh, that there is a real phenomena here. It's 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 very enigmatic very anomalous type phenomena we we uh we're trying to put an objective label upon it uh but it has many different peculiar moving parts and it's hard to just nail the whole thing down and say okay this is it we've we've figured it all out now we can explain the whole kit and caboodle i remember brad stagger saying that he went through over a dozen different theories and it would everything would go along pretty good until as he went through all the evidence of the phenomena there'd be some part here and some part there that would come up that just wouldn't fit it just wouldn't explain the whole thing and uh this happened to every theory that he could uh he would come upon and so he couldn't really nail it down to uh just one theory there were just multiple theories of possibility that uh you know things to consider but as far as having all the evidence point in one single direction and this is where the whole idea of maybe we're dealing with different phenomena instead of just a phenomenon uh maybe rises to the occasion maybe some of the things people are seeing experience is one thing and then uh, another group is experiencing something a little different some of it's more physical some of it's more psychical parapsychological um different categories. Now, one thing that Keel also said in terms of the negative aspects of various phenomena is to run is an invitation <laughs> to be chased. That sometimes the negative aspects are based on our reaction to them. 
yeah. I don't remember the quote there, but I think that kind of goes back to it sort of picking up on testing us and, and picking up on what, uh, how we react or how we think and uh, interacting with us in some manner that uh, takes that into account. And I think that mostly I've looked at, I think, from the contact experience perspective, religious or the ET belief system and so on. Or um, there are, of course, those cases where people just are terrified and the phenomena appears to be chasing them hostile. Um, you know, I know that the there are some very, very negative accounts from uh, one country, that which was Brazil. And I got to interview uh, uh, Bob Pratt, who had written a book about the some of the cases he investigated in in Brazil, which are um, there was the island of Calaris at the mouth of the Amazon, where at one time there was a series an outbreak of activity, where about three dozen people were uh, burned by beams from. UFOs, and at one time, a, a, a being that looked like he was dressed in a, a diving suit and had some kind of a ray gun-like thing, and it struck this woman. All the people were struck in sort of the chest area with these burns, and uh, there was a medical doctor on this island who uh, examined many of these patients. Jacques Vallée and Bob Pratt went to this island, along with other locations where sightings were occurring, and why that particular island was the the focus of so much of this negative activity i you know i, I still to that to that degree is, is is puzzling to me uh i mean we've all heard of people hit by beams of light and such but about three dozen people wow and uh two of the people died soon after the doctor heard about it or examined them and she feels that they were one case maybe it was uh the the person's heart that just from the trauma uh, they had a heart attack and died uh, she wanted to have one of the bodies um, go to a morgue to be autopsied, and uh, a man from the military told her that they weren't going to allow it for some reason. The military, uh, Brazilian military was there. They were photographing these things. Uh, newspaper reporters from Brazil were there photographing these objects. This is described in Bob Pratt's book, and one of... Uh, Valley's books and um and there were even reports in other parts of brazil of uh how the people were frightened of ufos they they knew they were something to be tried to avoid and encounter and there were even reports of where chains came down and would hook people and try to pull them up into the craft and of course we only heard from the ones who got away but in one instance, this guy claimed that this little man came scurrying down one of the the chains, and and there was a hook, and he hooked one of his feet to uh, the chain there and started pulling him up. And before he completely got into the uh, craft, he managed to get get free. And uh, these reports seem quite quite serious. They looked at people's injuries. Uh, something was, you know, going on. Uh, but why that particular area? Maybe it's part of the culture. I don't know.
It, it seems like it. Like if you talk to people who are from down there, they just take it for granted that, oh, yeah, UFOs, uh, God, we got them all the time down there. You know, they're just, you know, they're quite a problem. We got more to come with Brent Rains about his book about John A. Keel. And I want to mention something before we continue with Randall's discussion with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Age-related macular degeneration is a leading cause of blindness in people over 55. But with treatment, it can be slowed down, stopped, and in some cases reversed. Make sure you see your grandchildren grow. Protect your vision by requesting information about diagnosing and treating AMD. Call the Foundation Fighting Blindness today at 1-800-BLINDNESS for a free packet on reversing or managing AMD. Or go to the website fightblindness.org where I found so much helpful information. Or again, call 1-800-BLINDNESS today. Bags under the eyes, crow's feet, fine lines and wrinkles are things adults complain about as they age. Now, there's Instantly Ageless. It works in minutes and is great for men and women. Here's Dr. Sonia Bacha on The Doctors. So this is a product we're going to see if it works. It's called Instantly Ageless. And the idea is that it works very quickly. Is you just need a very small amount. And then you apply it to areas where you might be a little bit puffy. I have just looked at what's in this product. And one of them is something called Argyroline, which is sort of a darling in Germany. 
dermatology right now. It's a peptide or a protein that actually relaxes the muscle. It's also called Botox in a bottle. The other active ingredient in this is silicates, which are almost act like a clay. They're minerals, and they're making the skin sort of tighter. It's actually increasing the surface tension on the skin to push that herniated fat pad back. Try Instantly Ageless today at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. 30-day money-back guarantee and preferred price discount at GCNLife.com. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Now, longtime listeners to the Paracast may recall a show we did more than 10 years ago, July 12, 2009, entitled John Keel Remembered and featured Tim Beckley, Jerome Clark, Lauren Coleman, Jim Mosley, Brad Steiger, and Kurt Southerly. And just to mention this, and Brent Rains, you can have a reaction before we go back to Randall, and that is they felt that Keel didn't research the stuff he did as thoroughly as he should have. What was your perception? Well, I know that there has been questions about that um on the other hand there were people who really looked up to him and felt that he was uh trying to now i i know that there were there areas that he he stumbled on one of which was the the story i describe in chapter three keels ups and downs of the the moon that was supposed to have um been in the sky and it wasn't and he claimed that he had read in a newspaper that the moon was supposed to appear at a certain time and he said he was there till about 3 30 or so and and it never was in the sky it was supposed to be moonrise at two something or around two o'clock i guess and we now know that uh and i offer the a link to where a person can go to verify that it was a little after 3.30 that it was actually supposed to appear. And so Keel had this wrong, but uh, he didn't know when he wrote this. He wrote to me and said that he felt really at the time he was he had moved on that uh, Lauren Coleman and Gray Barker and others were writing about Mothman when he kind of moved on to other areas of, of uh, his writing career. And then uh, he was asked by a, an agent uh, to write the Mothman prophecies, and he dragged out his suitcase of affidavits and clippings and notebooks and things and quickly put one together. And so he really said he didn't have his heart in it, but uh, he created it, which, you know, at the time it was commercial flop, but of course later on, uh, when it became a movie, uh, it generated a lot more interest in the Mothman prophecies than, than the initial I mean the uh, yeah the Mothman prophecies when it was initially first published, but uh, yeah there was definitely some areas and and uh, some of it 
I think was information maybe that he one case where he got information from Mary Heyer that steered him in the wrong direction on one case. And another instance was, of course, the Woodrow Derenberger case where he went down to Maryland and interviewed the college student there, the 21-year-old college student who claimed initially that he had had contact with the same beings as Woodrow Derenberger. And it turned out to be uh, the guy later admitted there was an article in Fate magazine where it was a hoax, which sadly is something that could uh, happen to any of us in the field. Uh, he did believe that Woodrow Derenberger did have something that initial during the initial experience because of the number of people who had seen uh, a UFO that night in that area. And there were a couple of other people who had had a, a similar experience, I think, to Darren Berger, but he, they told him that they didn't want a, any publicity. So he wasn't able to write that story up. But anyway, I think that, uh, you know, maybe there was, I think there were a lot of things that he didn't actually reveal that he could have. He would write things in letters to me and others that uh, indicated that uh, there were areas that he didn't bring out because he felt it would just, I know he used the expression generate more hysteria and controversy, panic. Um, he wrote to uh, Colin Wilson in, I think, 1974 that he had actually been studying about uh, people, witches and warlocks who claimed that they could, they could see, interact with, and to some degree control these elemental beings. And he had claimed that he felt from adolescence that he had an ability to uh, in that same area, but that he um, kind of redirected and distanced himself from it with studying physics and chemistry. And by age 18, he was, he was okay. But uh, he did claim when he was 18, uh, a room off Times Square, that he had one of those spiritual cosmic consciousness experiences where suddenly for a moment his, his room lit up, his mind was filled, he said, with all a torrent of information, and he felt he knew the answer to everything. But by morning, it was just sort of a vague memory, but he felt that something had been downloaded to his subconscious. Let me ask you one question here I'm, we really haven't covered. We've talked about the work of John Keel as it progressed through the years. Did you have any opportunity or interest in looking over his personal life? Well, I got some details uh, from different people uh, like Dan Dresden and, and, and Doug Skinner. And uh, I know that he would, I know in my interactions with him, phone conversations, letters, Keel was always quite pleasant. Uh, but I know that uh, there are people who interact with him that one time he would be very charming and hospitable, and other times he would just be kind of uh, short with him and 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 uh, kind of have a chip on his shoulder. And and so you know he was he he suffered I think uh, depression and. Uh, and of course, toward the end, he had uh, diabetes, and he was concerned, as Doug Skinner said, that he, you know, that weighed heavily on his mind. He was afraid that, you know, he might have to lose, uh, have an amputated limb or something, you know. But uh, he, uh, 
No doubt he was an interesting character, and uh, you know he's made quite an impact in in the field over the years. But yeah, this isn't the only book that you've been involved in. And before we go, uh, we should cover a couple of your other titles as well. We've got one here, On the Edge of Reality, Dreamweavers, The Mastering of Time and Space, that you authored with Timothy Green Beckley. Now, maybe tell us a bit about some of that. Well, that covered, uh, again, a wide range of areas from shamanism to quantum physics to some archaeological things, spirits, uh, uh, contact stories, and, and, and was actually interviews I had done with, with a number of, of, of researchers, experiences, authors from different spectrums of all of this. And, um, how did you interview them? Did you, uh, just say through Skype or did you go traveling around make some journeys? What were, you know, some of your, uh, what, what's your methodology there? Well, some of them were Skype or, you know, over the telephone and, and then some were in person. Uh, some we traveled, you know, my wife and I out to New Mexico and, and, uh, in Colorado and, and spent some time with a lady with, from a shamanic background, a Apache, uh, background who had studied shamanism and claimed to have had UFO experiences. We visited, uh, different sites out there, petroglyphs and, and places where a place where she said she had grown up, uh, with different activity. Let's break it there. We'll cover more of that in our next segment. Brent Rains, Gene and Randall, you're in. The Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off the grid mobile survival bug out house that's well equipped and custom built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. USA Radio News with Wendy King. Former Ohio Governor John Kasich says he now favors the House impeachment inquiry. He says he made up his mind after hearing acting White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney talk about the president's withholding military aid from Ukraine unless Ukraine's president investigated Joe Biden and his son. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo says the ceasefire in Syria has just begun. There was some... uh activity today, but we also saw some very positive activity, the beginnings of the coordination that will be required. The reason this couldn't happen instantaneously is there was a great deal of coordination that had to take place so that there can, in fact, 
be a safe withdrawal. Turkey's president says they will resume fighting unless Kurdish-led fighters withdraw. President Trump says the Kurds are pleased with the ceasefire. You have the Kurds who we're dealing with and are very happy about the way things are going, I must say. This is USA Radio News. Hi, I'm Wayne Allen Root. It's time to get in on the 21st century gold rush. I've been a buyer and collector of gold and precious metals for over 20 years. And the reasons to own it are stronger now than ever before in history. The central banks of the world are on a record buying spree. Shouldn't you be too? Do you think maybe they know something you don't? Prices are up $200 per ounce in just the last 60 days. In the last gold bull market, it took four years for gold prices to rise $200 per ounce. This is the beginning of an explosive new 21st century gold rush. Analysts see gold prices rising to between $2,000 and $10,000 per ounce. But who you buy it from may be even more important. Swiss America has been America's most trusted name in gold and silver for over 35 years. Swiss America has bought and sold billions of dollars of precious metals for tens of thousands of clients. You need to know how to capitalize and profit on this next big move. Call Swiss America today and receive a free special report just for my listeners. Call 800-BUY-COIN. That's 800-BUY-COIN or 800-289-2646 or visit online at SwissAmerica.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. I see Randall is milking that for all it's worth. Brent Rains, <laughs> please continue our discussion. Okay, and then uh, I went, uh, I, my wife and I have done a number of uh, ARE Association for Research and Enlightenment, uh, the Edgar Casey Foundation sponsored uh, Indian Mound tours in Ohio and West Virginia. We even went to Point Pleasant on one of those tours, and uh, and down into Georgia with uh, Greg, you know, Greg and Laura Little. They were the leaders of it. Uh, my wife and I went along. Uh, my wife has Native American ancestry on both sides. We uh, we brought along uh, some whistles, rattles, uh, the Peruvian whistling vessels to try to. Uh, recreate maybe certain ceremonies meditations that uh besides visiting the sites would actually uh maybe at some of the more powerful sites we perceived uh to be that we would kind of do some meditations and uh maybe some rituals for the participants in these these events and as i describe in in the article on that uh uh some of the people claimed they had uh some kind of mystical spiritual experiences at those locations as well. I'm not so. surprised. Uh, this is really interesting to hear. 
I'm not sure how long you and your wife have been together. Have you? It sounds like she's totally fine with you doing this. And uh, that must be a really wonderful thing in and of itself for you to be able to share these adventures together. This is something that, you know, is really um, something she was very much encouraging me uh, to be involved with because of her background. And we even had a sweat lodge for a couple of years behind our house here. We're thinking of rebuilding it. Uh, but we had people coming in from really different parts of the country to participate. And there were interesting experiences that people had. Uh, I mean, I even had some experiences myself where it seemed like I would get information about going to a certain place. There was something I was supposed to see at this ancient site. I go there, have no idea what it was, but then later through synchronistic series of events, what I later came but i saw there and then later i had another vision in the sweat lodge and it it was bringing all these information together that i met andrew collins from england writing about the cygnus mystery and lo and behold what he was about to come out in his book the cygnus mystery was actually relevant to what i had experienced at this indian site down in alabama that i felt I was supposed to go to and visit. Now, there's where we are getting into that edge. Well, just like your book says, the edge of reality. And I think where we can jump off from saying, okay, there's UFOs. Okay, maybe there's alien visitation. But when you get talking about stuff like that, synchronicities do happen. And I think that they go beyond ufology. I think maybe even the you, the aliens themselves are subjected to that. There's a much wider, larger realm out there that encompasses everything. And uh, that's pretty intriguing stuff. Yeah, Paul Eno even said something about uh, some of these beings that, you know, we encounter in different window areas or these different uh, interactions that uh, perhaps they're caught up in something bigger than they are. Right, oh, yeah. They're one of the, in this as much as we are. Exactly. Know? Like a window area. I mean, think about that, right? Windows go both ways. Like maybe what, maybe on their world, you know, flying saucers are just totally normal things and it's every day, like airplanes for us. And then all of a sudden they're flying along and, and they're here and they're going, what? What happened? How do, where are we? How did we? And then they disappear and they go and tell all their alien friends, like, you would not believe what happened to us. We were on this blue planet with all these crazy creatures, <laughs> you know, like who knows for sure, right? Yeah, there might be a, uh, a Homo sapien uh, museum, you know, where they got all these replicas <laughs> of us, you know. What are these creatures? You yeah, know? this is what happened. You wouldn't believe it. Yeah, that's really cool. Okay, so uh, now, all right. Visitors from Hidden Realms, the origin and destiny of humanity is told by star elders, shaman, and UFO visitors. That sounds pretty cool, too. Well, that's where we get into the, you know, the shamanic Native American Aboriginal cultures. The uh, A lot of the things that uh, the Hopi Indians and the Kachinas and uh, a medicine man my wife and I had met back in the 70s, uh, who was also a UFO contactee. He was of the Sequanahawk faith. His Kachinas were what he called the Yudushkwa. And uh, he claimed that they were these giant beings and they had to bend down before they could walk into his house. And they were the protectors of his ancient elders. And he had, you know, quite uh, interesting stories. And um, they were, you know, different people from uh, these backgrounds. 
uh, Native American that uh, claimed UFO experiences and encounters and uh, that these stories were, you know, these beings were part of their ancient uh, spiritual beliefs. The Hopi Indians believed that the Kachiner actually ride around in flying saucers, you know, as part of their uh, tradition. And uh, back in 1970, 71, there was quite a series of uh, a little flap out there in Arizona around their uh, sacred sites, their their reservations. So it's, uh, of course, in the book, I, I deal with, uh, I tried to take as comprehensive a global and historical and cultural perspective as I could. And, and that's where I also wrote about the Brazilian cases that, you know, I had done an interview with Bob Pratt about his work down there and um and some of the you know they they believed uh, on that island where they they had this beam that was hitting them they actually believed it was uh, some kind of uh, a tradition related to them that dealt with some kind of vampire type being or something right they have the chupacabras <laughs> and all that down there too so like they have all kinds of weird stuff that they say happens down there uh i mean i, I of course when i think brazil the Probably one of the first things that comes to mind is the Father Gill case, right? So, um, you know, but but listening to you talk on, uh, I was just listening to one of your episodes, right? Another interview just the other day. And you were describing cases down there where these craft would come down and use like hooks. And that seems like a kind of outmoded way. It's like a juxtaposition of technology that seems completely out of place you'd think you know we're here in in north america you're levitated by some beam of light i mean hooks Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that was uh yeah that was the one like i told about the little man coming down the 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 chain there and and hooking the guy by the by his one of his feet (laughs) and trying to drag him up and uh i don't know if it's that case or another one but there was two beings and and he could hear this woman uh, talking and saying, this old man will make a good specimen for us or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That doesn't sound very positive. I'd be like, no, I'm not into this party. Absolutely. No, thank you. And I think what it was is she had said uh, something about on their earth. How about that? Oh. But well, the then again, I, I suppose it depends on what kind of specimen, you know. Maybe if they wanted to put you into an, you know, a whole new little Garden of Eden where you you can just go about wandering around in the forest all day with your honey yeah. i guess you know maybe that could be okay but like do you really need the hook i mean <laughs> no no i mean and, and supposedly one guy was was hooked and, and he was being pulled up and uh i think uh his wife's brother was at the house up on the second floor and opened a these slats and looked out and saw him and said the object that was above him, which he could only see the bottom of it, but he said the object was actually cone-shaped. And he was up about 20 feet. You know, he starts yelling at his wife's brother, you know, help, help. And he gets up, it's pulling him up into the craft. He manages to kick, there's an opening, but he manages to kick the side of it. And he, he pops loose at about 20 feet and crashes into a thorny bush, which probably saved him presumably and an investigator who was there who was an american who was living in brazil investigated with bob pratt and told me that uh you know when they first got there after the initial investigations he had you know all these uh sores scratches on on him from this experience 
Let's do our break here. More to come with Brent Rains talking about his other work. A lot of important things to talk about in our final segment with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. With more people listening to radio than visit Google, Facebook, or YouTube, from the very young to the very old, everyone listens to radio. Pillow companies, alarm, identity theft, nutrition, insurance, banking, automotive, the list goes on and on. Billion-dollar businesses. Why? The answer is radio. The media everyone tunes into. Find out how effective and affordable radio can be for your business. Contact 877-996-4327 or advertise at GCNlive.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at HBExtract.com or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. 5305 Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Message and data rates may apply. Help! Seriously, I'm too young for hair loss. My hairline keeps creeping back. Receding? I've got this bald spot. Uh, it's thinning everywhere. I'm gonna have to give up and shave it. Dude. Put down the razor, because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration expert, is about to give you your real hair back permanently. Don't ignore the signs of hair loss. Bosley is giving away an absolutely free information kit that reveals all the signs and a free gift card to anyone who texts KIT88 to 85850. Bosley will show you for free how great your hair could look. Using the latest technology, Bosley's solution to hair loss is permanent and protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Plus, since Bosley has new non-surgical options, you owe it to yourself to text now for an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off, no matter what level of hair loss you have. Text KIT88 to 85850. K-I-T-88 to 85850. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? Ninety-two thousand dollars ouch the irs left no room for jake to breathe they put a lien on my house took all the money out of my bank account took money out of my paychecks so it was a nightmare he needed help fast i figured that all these companies were the same until i called federal tax management 
You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give Federal Tax Management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the Federal Tax Management hotline now 800-503-8625-800-503-8625-800-503-8625 hi this is bryce abel i'm the producer of dark skies the co-author of ad after disclosure and you are listening to the paracast the gold standard of paranormal radio Brent, we interrupted you because of a piece of business. Please go on. All righty. Well, I understand about business. You got to, the show must go on, but the business as well. So, and you mentioned, uh, Randall about oh, the yeah, okay. Gil, Gil. I just right. wanted to make sure I uh, Gil, I'm thinking father Gil over in New Guinea. Oh, uh, right. Okay. Yeah. Didn't no. want to get it confused with Brazil. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Why yeah. I get that. It's just, I do get confused sometimes. Sorry, people. Well, there's a, a lot of confusing material out there, and it's such a, a broad landscape. Okay, this guy, he's getting pulled up into the craft, kicks mm-hmm. himself loose, falls into a, a, a bush of some kind, and then you were saying something about him being uh, examined by doctors? or Oh, no, there was a, let's see, at one point, I know, and I don't know if it was initial investigation or later, but a, a Brazilian uh, psychologist who was also a well-known UFO investigator, and I know that my informant, uh, let's see, there was Bob Pratt. He was there. There were actually two investigations. Cynthia Newby Luce, who was an American who had a, a background in anthropology and a deep interest in UFOs, and she knew Portuguese, so she would accompany uh, Bob Pratt on some of his investigations and act as a translator. So this was one of many cases that they all worked together on. And there were a number of these cases where people felt they had been hooked and were being pulled up into a craft. Let's hope that the beings uh, didn't actually get anybody inside them because they, they didn't sound like they were friendly at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, this uh, this Brazilian situation was, was really very negative, a lot of it. Now, Bob Pratt pointed out that there were thousands of other cases that were just like our American sightings. They were just sightings, uh, nothing that sinister but in some of these close encounters uh these things were acted in a very hostile aggressive manner they would pour like some kind of hot liquids on them in one case two people on a motorcycle there was uh a young boy on a bicycle that i think this thing came down and it was uh i think projecting some kind of a a a hot beam and that and of course that those incidents on that island uh just you know We've had cases that, you know, were kind of that that caliber, that nature here in the United States, but uh, about three dozen people. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's quite a few. Am I wrong again? If I, if the other one that comes to mind is the the Virginia case, I think. Yeah, that was they um, Bob Pratt and uh, Cynthia Newby-Loose. They investigated that one as well, and uh, Cynthia. You know, she didn't know quite what to make of it. They went there and they talked with uh, 
these people and they got the same story that was carried uh, by, you know, John Mack, the psychiatrist from Harvard and other investigators, Brazilian investigators. They got the same story. I wasn't sure what to make of okay, it. Okay, so I got the country right this time. <laughs> you got it. You got it. <laughs> I want to remind our listeners we've had several visits by A.J. Gavard of Brazil talking about that case. So just look through our archives. You can search them on our site at theparacast.com. Go on. Right. And there was another um, Brazilian investigator I had communicated with who had been in this since uh, 1954 when he had his own sighting of a flying disc as, as a young boy. And he was uh, still active in the field. And he was a good friend of Bob Pratt and uh, Cynthia. And uh, he was telling me that he'd been involved in the investigation to some extent, that he'd gotten a report before the entity cases came to light uh, somewhere on the outskirts of that town of a kind of a submarine shaped flying object being seen um, on the outskirts of that town prior to the big events that became described later. Anyway, and then Peru, just the opposite. In, in Peru, it's sort of like the 1950s contactee uh, brother, space brother thing. You got Mission Rama. And uh, I communicated with someone down there by, by email who explained to me that uh, they suspected that a lot of our sinister abduction stories were the work of uh, uh, our CIA or somebody that was trying to spread disinformation about the, the good aliens. What about and, the Antonio Villas-Boas case? Like, we've we got to remember that one, right? That, I think that was one of the first ones I ever heard. Yeah, that was one of the, you know, 1957, he's a young farmer. He's out plowing a field at night because it's so hot during the day. It's like the early morning hours. And he had one sighting, I think, uh, a night or two before. And then this one night, uh, he reports that this craft came right up, landed. These, These small male aliens came up close, grabbed him, took him in. Of course, he had sex with a... uh, female being and uh and then i don't know if you know this or not but years later he became a prominent lawyer and he went on television before he passed away i think he died of cancer but he told the story again he still stuck by it told the same story oh that's really interesting yeah no i didn't i you know i remember the story from way back then and i thought that's weird you know do i believe that of course you know when you when you hear about it goes so far as, you know, making out with an alien. You think, oh, you know, really? I, I don't know if I'm comfortable believing that. But no, I didn't know he did that. He did that. Yeah, he did. I found that from about that from um, my contact in Brasilia who had been studying the situation for so long. And I think Cynthia mentioned that as well. So he wasn't just a, just a you know, dirt farmer. He actually was a very intelligent man who became a prominent lawyer. And uh, instead of, you know, going on TV and, and, you know, clearing his name and denying that such an absurd story was real. He said, he still stuck by it and said, yes, this actually did happen. And let me tell you the story. And, uh, of course at the time, APRO was the one that brought the story to light, the aerial phenomena research organization, Jim and Coral Lorenzen. And, and they had a doctor down there in Rio de Janeiro that looked into the case, uh, Dr. Oliver Fontes. And, um, uh, when he came to the United States, uh, they, Coral, I remember, wrote that she asked him, do you really believe this? Because this was so different from any other 
you know, UFO sightings and counter cases that they had had a record of at that time. Of course, now we hear of sexual themes in many of the abduction stories, but back in the 1950s, this was unheard of. Of course, Dr. Fontes believed that it was, you know, from everything he could see, that there it was seemed to be a genuine case. You know what? There's so many things that we can talk about with you. We have only about a minute and 10 left before we have to go to what we call the closing credits. So why don't you take your time and tell our listeners about your work and where they can find more information about you? I have a website. It's at apmagazine.info. Once a month, we put out a, a new issue on the first of each month. It has interviews and articles and book reviews and reader comments and news links to stories that are prominent at the time. After a, a new issue comes out, the one that was previous to it gets archived. So you not only can read the current issue, you can also go up near the top of the page and you can also visit archive articles that came previous issues, which goes back uh, a pretty good number of years. So my book right now is John A. Keel, The Man, The Myth, and The Ongoing Mysteries, which is available on Amazon. Thank you very much, gentlemen, for uh, spending these two hours with me. And uh, I'm like John Keel. I'm an authority on nothing. You can find us on Twitter if you look for the Paracast. We're not super active there, but we post updates on the show. We also have a presence on Facebook, a community and a group, and I'm not going to go into that very much because we can only tell you we try to be as simple as possible to access. So you go to Facebook and look for the Paracast Fan Club and the Paracast, and you'll get one or the other. We also have the Paracast Plus, approaching five years, where we offer an enhanced version of this show free of the network ads, better quality audio, enhanced. And we also offer the After the Powercast podcast, where you never, ever, ever know what's going to happen next. We feature special interviews, exclusives, and we also feature special after-show commentary, weekly segments from William Puckett, UFO investigator on some of the latest sightings. You'll want to check it. And a surprise on this weekend's edition of After the Paracast, Brent Rains will continue the interview. Plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. Brent Rains, thanks for coming on short notice to come on the well, Paracast. Thank you, Gene, and thank you, Randall. Appreciate it very much. Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast.